Let's hit the guest line. Let's welcome aboard John Michael, Cleveland Cavaliers radio voice, joins us now. John Mark Malusis with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Oh, you got it, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well, John. Doing well. And uh, what's the feel and the vibe after the deal is finally uh, uh, is finalized and an extra second-round pick is going the Cavaliers' way? What is the, the tone and the tenor of the Cavalier fan? I think the feeling's pretty good, Mark. I mean, you hate to lose a talent like Kyrie Irving, but, you know, since all this broke a couple of weeks ago that he didn't want to continue here in Cleveland, wanted to be the face of his own team, uh, it seemed almost inevitable that they were going to trade him. I mean, the Cavs weren't going to give him away for nothing, but if the right deal came along, they were going to make the move, even if it's potentially the Cavs' biggest rival in the East. So, you know, they, this deal checked a lot of boxes. I mean, if you give away an all-star point guard, you definitely want a starter in return, and they don't get any starter. They get Isaiah Thomas, who was second-team All-NBA last season. As we look back at last year's finals, what else do the Cavs need? They need to be better defensively. They need to be better, tougher on the. They need to be tougher, I should say, on the perimeter. Bring in Jay Crowder. He's a gritty, hard-nosed defender. The Cavs like him. They need backup bigs. They're high on the seven-footer, the twenty-year-old Anante Zizic. Whether or not he can contribute this season as a rotation guy remains to be seen. But you know that is something they like for their future as well. But I tell you, Mark, that the part that's huge for this team is the pick, the first-round pick. That remember is not Boston's pick. That's Brooklyn's pick, and that pick actually is still a remnant from the 2013 deal that sent Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett from the Celtics to the Nets. And the Cavs have now a lot of options with that pick. They can get younger next season, or with this win-now mentality, finally they have a valuable coveted asset that they can use at the trade deadline, or they can use this season. I mean, the last couple of years, the cupboard was bare. I mean, they spent all the picks bringing people in to try to win a championship with LeBron James, which they did but they didn't have any trade assets. Now, not only do they have one, they have a huge one moving forward. So I think the Cavs brass is really happy with the deal. The, the, the second-round pick, I don't think it means much one way or another. I mean, obviously there were some concerns with the with the health of Isaiah Thomas. Uh, and, and, again, you get a second-round pick for that. But I think I don't think the Cavs were close to pulling this deal or anything like that. I think the Cavs were thrilled with what they got. If Thomas can play this season, let's remember the Cavs, have a couple of backups and veterans, Derek Rose, as you know well, and also Jose Calderon. So, uh, you know, some guys in there who can play if Isaiah Thomas isn't ready till January or whatever. I'm just throwing that out there as an arbitrary date. Not the worst thing in the world because the Cavs will get along fine and have him for the second half of the season and the playoffs. So, overall, I think people here are happy. You hate to lose Irving, but, hey, that's a lot of pieces in return. That's a big haul. Uh, for the Cavaliers in that deal. And any team with LeBron is still going to be the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Ja, I guess my question is, does this deal get him closer to Golden State? It's a a good question, and I'm not sure if it does right away. I mean, in terms of what you're going to get on the floor, and we're talking playoffs here. We're not talking regular season. On the floor, reasonably, you'd think this is an Irving for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder deal. On paper, does that get you closer to the Warriors, which after – Last year, or two seasons ago's playoffs, where these two teams were, were just about equal, the game goes to Game 7, they pick up a four-time scoring champion, Kevin Durant. No, probably on paper it doesn't get you there, but I think with that pick, it does give the Cavs the potential to, to move that pick for, a, for an all-star, for something that they're going to perceive the need uh, You know, when it comes January, when it comes February, to try to make another run. So on paper, does this you know 
pull them even with Golden State? I don't think it does, but does it put them in a position where they conceivably get there? I, I think it might. We're going to see how this season progresses. And, John, could, you know, conceivably getting closer to Golden State, do you think that would include potentially shopping a Kevin Love um, and maybe adding a, another perimeter player uh, to this team, maybe with a package and, and bring another all-star with that pick in, in a win-now mentality? Do you think – do you think Kevin Love's future? Uh, you know, do you think when this season starts up, you know, middle of the year, All Star, you know, a trade deadline, do you think Kevin Love could be moved? It's hard to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kevin Love's a big part of what this team does, and he had, without question, his best season as a Cavalier last year. Wasn't All Star, didn't play in the game because he was injured. But I think he's a big piece of the puzzle for this team. Now that said, you know, the front office always has, you know, its feelers out there. If a move can benefit this team, they're going to make it, be it Kevin Love, be it anybody else, virtually outside of LeBron James. So we're going to see. We'll see. Let's remember, too, though, the Cavs don't have a lot of bigs. I mean, they, they need a body like Kevin Love in there. They need that rebounding. Outside Good point. of Tristan Thompson, again, there was a shortage of those bigs last year. I mean, the Cavs, there was a reason the Cavs brought in Andrew Bogut. That didn't work out. He was injured. They had Birdman, Chris Anderson in the lineup. He got hurt. Even guys like Larry Sanders made brief appearances down the stretch. The Cavaliers were looking for backup bigs. So I don't think the Cavs are, are dying to get rid of bigs. I mean, certainly they'd have to get one in return if they did so. So, like I said, we're going to see. But I, I think Kevin Love's a big part of this team's future, and they're happy with what he's done here in Northeast Ohio. We're talking to John Michael, uh, the radio voice, the voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mark Malusis with you here on this Saturday morning on CBS Sports Radio. John, how about LeBron? I mean, there, you've read it. We've seen it. You're locked into the situation. You're around him on a day-in, day-out basis. There's a lot of executives that believe that that he's, you know, after next year he'll be done in Cleveland. Um, do you think LeBron uh, has made any kind of determination about his future? I truly don't. I don't. And, I mean, right now the thing for LeBron James is just win. And it's always, I mean, it's always been that. But he comes back to Cleveland, and like I said, they did a great job putting a team around him that was able to win a championship. You know, they went for it. They traded the draft picks. They did all they needed to do. They maxed out. I mean, Dan Gilbert paid, you know, last season he paid more money than any other owner in the NBA in terms of his roster. So, you know, they've made the commitment to put the team around him. I think it's just about winning, you know, and I, it's not about contending. It's about winning championships. It's not about winning the Eastern Conference. That's not good enough just to bow out. Uh, in the finals to a Golden State or to a Houston or, or to the best of the West. It's about putting players around this guy. And if this team is competitive and has a future where he can see this team winning championships in the future, which has always been the goal of this organization, he's going to stay. So I, I think it's a it's just a win mentality for LeBron. He's realizing that despite the fact that he's still you know one of the most physically fit people on the planet, let alone on the basketball floor, He's getting to that point in his career where he's starting to sit back and say, "Hey, uh, I need more championships." So that's the goal of the front office around him with the you know the kind of players that he's going to need to do that. And, and I think that that's the be all and end all of, of LeBron's mentality moving forward. Is this a team that I can win championships with? John, do you think we do you think people outside of Cleveland have made too much of the relationship or perceived lack thereof between LeBron and the owner Dan Gilbert? I think a little bit. Yeah, I do. And it goes back to my last answer. I mean, it's about winning for LeBron. And Dan Gilbert spends. I mean, you want to look at the repeater tax. Yeah, he Cavs spends. Getting, he spends money. That's right. And the Cavs are getting drilled by that repeater tax. That, by the way, I forgot to mention, that's a huge bonus of that Tyree trade, too. Cavs saved $30 million in luxury tax that could potentially be used somewhere else down the road. So, like I said, I think it's about winning. 
for LeBron, and we all know the history, you know, when LeBron left the first time and everything else. But at this point, is he going to spend money to put a roster around me that could win games? Obviously, Dan Gilbert is going to do that. He's shown that he's done that in the past and will continue to do that in the future. And I think, truthfully, in the end, like I said, it's about winning championships for LeBron James and if he has an owner who can deliver those kind of players around him, that's really the most important thing. You know, it, it's strange that anybody would want to not play with LeBron because he's a guy that wants to make everyone around him better. He's that kind of facilitator as a basketball player. But, you know, when Cavalier fans, uh, I'm I'm sure they're not happy that Irving wanted out, but you do get Isaiah Thomas coming back in return. But how are how do Cavalier fans look upon Kyrie Irving, who hit the the game winning shot to help bring a championship to Cleveland? Well, I think the news originally was surprising, and, and frankly, it was surprising to a lot of us within the organization too. I mean, you knew Kyrie, you know, he's a proud player, and he's a guy who you know wanted to be regarded as one of the best in the NBA. And when you play on the same team as LeBron James, that that isn't necessarily going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, look, Kyrie Irving went from winning 20, 30 games a year his first three seasons to being in the finals three seasons in a row and having the opportunity to hit that game-winning shot two seasons ago in the finals in game seven with 53 seconds remaining. So it's a, it's a give and take, I guess. And I think a lot of people around here said, well, what's the most important thing? You know, is it guiding your own team or is it winning championships? And for Kyrie, I think he's made that decision. I think he wants both. But I think he wants to be the face, you know, the face of a franchise. So I think it did catch a lot of people here by surprise. I don't think you know people are going to be burning the jerseys or anything else because they certainly appreciate what that young man did for this team. I mean, he was the face of the team for the first three years. That you know, he's been here since he was a kid. You know, he only played a handful of games in college with Duke before the Cavs picked him number one overall when he was 19 years of age. So I think a lot of people here appreciate the things that he did. Now, I'm not necessarily expecting a warm reception on opening night when the Celtics come into Cleveland. It's amazing how that works out, doesn't it, John? It's it's crazy, isn't it? Right. I'm not expecting hugs and, you know, lollipops and everything inside the arena then. But, you know, I think people appreciate what he's done. I'm not sure people are comfortable with the sentiment of him leaving and saying he wants his own team, potentially at the expense of winning championships. But it, it is what it is. It's a business. That's got a decent amount in return, like I said. So I think for the most part, people are pretty comfortable with uh, with the way that it's eventually worked out. And, John, you mentioned Derek Rose earlier. Uh, I haven't watched him here in New York with the Knicks last year. And Rose isn't the player, unfortunately, that he once was when he won an MVP with the Chicago Bulls. However, with that being said, John, I think on a one-year deal, uh, not a lot of money, I, I think Derek Rose works in Cleveland. I agree. I mean, Mark, he could have made six, seven, eight times more somewhere else. I mean, he took the minimum, you know, and, and, and frankly, he's not going to have to do too much in Cleveland. You know, I mean, there's there's scores around him. Just do your thing. You don't have to do too much. Guys will love, you know, a drive or two to the basket like he's apt to do, you know, as we've seen throughout the years. So, uh, you know, they're comfortable with him. I, I think they're, you know, at the price certainly is right, as you mentioned. And if he's going to have to start for a we don't know how long it's going to be, weeks or months or whatever it is. That's fine. They also, like I said, have the veteran Jose Calderon behind him. And, and the Cavs aren't going to ask these point guards to do too much. Just do your thing. Be the quarterback, the general out there on the floor, and things will take care of themselves when you're alongside guys like LeBron James and Kevin Love. So I think the Cavs certainly are happy to have him. The price was right. And, it, you know, we're going to see. I don't know. We haven't heard any reports officially about how long it's going to take Isaiah Thomas to get back, but it's reasonable to expect that this guy's going to be a big part of the Cavaliers, particularly early 
when this season unfolds. John Michael, the voice, the radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers, does a fantastic job. John, thanks for cutting a couple minutes out for us here on this Saturday morning on this holiday weekend. I, I certainly appreciate it and uh, continued success, and thanks for your perspective. No, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks. Anytime.